Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. But for all of those of you listening on the 415ers podcast, please download, rate, and subscribe to the pod. Of course, coming at you three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They might be altered a little bit next week, depending on... Of course, the 49ers schedule and when we figure out who the next opponent is going to be, hopefully, if the 49ers can take care of business against Seattle. But, of course, the big storyline heading into this week is the 49ers, well, as always, their quarterback and Brock Purdy. Because, Mark, it's it did feel like he checked just about every single box you could in the regular season that also includes having a perfect record. Six and oh, five and oh, as a starter, whatever you want to attribute to him as far as wins are concerned. He did everything in those games that you would hope a quarterback stepping in could do to the point where people are now, understandably, not even referring to Brock Purdy as a third string quarterback. Because as we discussed last episode, the offense has gotten to new heights, the weapons have become unlocked, and Brock Purdy over these last six weeks has played like the best quarterback, statistically speaking in the NFL. So what is left for Brock Purdy to prove it is the postseason, And that's so weird to say for a rookie quarterback. That's only played in, you know, seven games with five starts, you know, six majority of those games, but we are looking at Brock Purdy. And I feel like we are starting to have, I, I don't know if it's an expectation or just a want for him to continue what he's doing, but also kind of, you know, see if it's still real, if it's going to translate. And when you're playing against better competition, you know, obviously we hope he takes care of business against Seattle. He's already done it once, but as things get tougher, as the postseason gets more physical, as maybe there's rain on Saturday at Levi's stadium, how is Brock Purdy going to respond So what is there left for him to prove? Oh, I'm right there with you. It is uh, postseason adversity. How is he going to respond if his team falls behind early in a playoff game where he knows he needs to come back and win or else the season is over? How is he going to respond if he makes a terrible decision and throws an interception, throws a pick six? Uh, If he holds onto the ball for too long and, and takes a safety, if he fumbles on a, on a strip sack and it's recovered and, and ran back the other way, how does he respond to that in a postseason environment? Because to your point, 
in the regular season, although it is still a relatively small sample size, we've seen a lot of different I don't know, responses from Brock Purdy. We've seen him come from behind. We've seen him handle a national audience on a short week against a rival up in Seattle. We've seen him go up against the greatest quarterback of all time and not really flinch. We've seen all of those things in the regular season. How is he going to respond if something off script, if something unexpected happens in the postseason? And as I was thinking about this, I remembered back to the 2013 postseason, that was the 2012 season for the 49ers, and that was when Colin Kaepernick took over midseason. And if you remember his first postseason game against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, what did he do on the first drive, his first postseason drive as an NFL quarterback? He threw a pick six. And suddenly every 49er fan is thinking, oh my God, why did we move on from Alex Smith? This second-year quarterback, without much experience, his first drive in the postseason went for a pick six. Are we going to get upset at home by the Green Bay Packers? Of course, the answer is no. Colin Kaepernick went on to run for 181 yards and two touchdowns, threw for two more touchdowns as well, and he responded to that adversity well. But Evan, if something similar plays out for Brock Purdy, Let's just say he throws a pick six on his first drive as, uh, you know, in the postseason as an NFL quarterback. How does he respond to that? I think from what we've seen from him in the regular season, we can assume he would respond relatively well. He would just get right back at it, trust his offense, trust Kyle Shanahan, and try to dig themselves out of that hole. But we haven't seen that yet in that postseason environment. So if there's one thing that I'm still waiting to see from Brock Purdy. It's how does he bounce back from a terrible mistake in the postseason, and will that affect him moving forward? I also do wonder, you know, we're talking about maybe how difficult it is to beat a team three times, but Brock Purdy has only faced this team once, so it is a very different 49ers team. It's also a very different Seahawks team, and we we were basically throwing out week two when we discussed, you know, the week 15 matchup heading into Lumen Field on Thursday night, just because the team had been so much different and Seattle had really found its stride about midway through the season. And it led the division for much of the, the middle portion of the season until the Niners, of course, took over and never looked back. But Brock Purdy now has a chance, I think, in a really... I think in an ideal fashion, in the postseason for Brock Purdy, to be able to climb the ladder, in a sense, at his own pace... Because you're not playing a team with relatively much playoff experience on the other side. I know Pete Carroll has it, but Brock Purdy is playing with the majority of the roster or the guys on the field that have played in the postseason and that have played deep in the postseason. So as he is going to have guys, to your point, that if he does throw a pick six or you know a strip sack and a fumble, falls behind early, he's got guys in the trenches that, will be able to calm him as much as he's able to calm himself. I think that's an advantage for Brock Purdy. I also think that with it being such a lopsided on paper game, that even if Brock Purdy makes some mistakes, which are natural, that those won't hurt him as much if he makes them in the first round and is able to learn from them, take that experience and move forward. So in my mind, it sets up perfectly for Brock Purdy because it's an opponent that he's faced before. It's a brand new environment of the postseason, but you get the advantage of a familiar foe 
you get the advantage of playing a game at home and you get the advantage of still having a little bit of the surprise factor because as we as we just talked about the sample size for his starts have been small so far and he's been dominant for the most part in all of them so Brock Purdy has something to prove as far as showing that he can continue to do it in the postseason but even if he's not perfect Mark I still see this game as a favorable matchup and a place where Brock Purdy can get comfortable in the playoffs because of who he's playing and where he's playing. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus yeah I agree with you. And I mean, this this whole conversation obviously is because he's a rookie, a seventh round rookie. If this was a third year quarterback, even if it was his when are first. We, when are we going to stop referring to him as that? Like, what 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 more does he need to do? Exactly. And, and, and that that's kind of my point. Like, it, even if this was his first year as a starter, but he was a second year, a third year guy, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And then I think even further You look at the other quarterbacks in the NFC and you ask yourself, all right, which quarterback would you be most surprised to see in the Super Bowl? And for me, for me, and a lot of it, of course, is who the team is around them. But for me, Brock Purdy isn't even in the top three. I mean, the most surprising quarterback to see in the Super Bowl, Geno Smith or or I don't know, Daniel Jones. I mean, you could even throw Kirk Cousins in there. I mean, Brock Purdy, and again, a lot of it has to do with the team around them, but we're having this conversation because he's a rookie, a seventh-round pick, yada, yada, yada. He took over a month and a half ago. We know the story. But the fact is, Evan, that I would not be very surprised if he is representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. The, The fact is I would be much more surprised if someone like Daniel Jones or Geno Smith was. So I, I do understand why we have to have this conversation that was me that came to you to, to talk about this specific part, because it does need to be discussed. But at the same time, we're also at a situation where I would not be surprised if Brock Purdy makes the Super Bowl. And I know everyone always says, well, a rookie quarterback has never started in the Super Bowl before. OK, fair. But also everything that's happened in the past has no bearing over what's going to happen in the future, and no rookie quarterback has ever been in a better position than Brock Purdy is right now. So this is something that needs to be discussed, but I also think we got to understand that there would be bigger surprises than Brock Purdy having success in the postseason. From the beginning of this season, the 49ers have rewritten history and the way things are done, specifically at the quarterback position. From Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason to bringing him back as a backup, 
to Trey Lance becoming the starter over an established starter in Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance getting hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo coming in, Brock Purdy, for that matter, in the preseason, beating out a guy with a guaranteed contract and Nate Sudfeld and Kyle Shanahan being comfortable essentially with two first-year quarterbacks on your depth chart and having both of them play, one of them, of course, getting hurt, and having the last one eventually become your starter. And each and every step you've taken, elevating and getting better, this has never happened before. And so that's why I do feel a little comfortable not assuming that Brock Purdy is going to lead this team to the Super Bowl, but that, but that this team is a lock for the NFC title game because Brock Purdy has not performed like a rookie quarterback thus far. He has not performed like the place that he was picked this far. And so I don't feel like it's right to view him as that, even though history will look back at Brock Purdy and see the rookie, first rookie quarterback to do this, the first Mr. Irrelevant to take a snap, first Mr. Irrelevant to win a game, first Mr. Irrelevant to start in the postseason. All of that, I understand, will go into you know, some document that's sent to Canton eventually, and Brock Purdy's jersey, who I believe is already there after he beat Tom Brady in his first ever career start. All of that stuff is well and good, but for right now, the reason why I feel comfortable in having this conversation with you is because... I don't view him anymore as that. I view him as the starting quarterback for a team as with the best roster in football, and that should have the expectation of at least being in the Final Four because that's where they were last year. This team is better. They have a better quarterback. They have a better set of position players. They arguably have a better defense, and they have the number one defense. They should be there, and that's why I don't think that Brock Purdy, it's not all on him, but I am putting him into the equation and he's at the forefront of a lot of it for me. Uh, I'll admit, once you said uh, they're a lock to go to the NFC title game, I blacked out and didn't hear anything else you said. I got to write that prediction down, Evan. I got to hold you to that take. A lock to make the NFC title game, huh? Lock it up. Lock it up. So they'll beat Seattle. Yes. And I, I know next episode we'll we'll run through, I think, full postseason predictions, or at least first-round predictions, who's going to win and and who's who might meet the Niners in the next round if they do hold on. That means a win probably over Minnesota as well, maybe Tampa Bay or Dallas, depending on how things play out. I think I'm with you. Um, it would be the way I look at it is I think it would be a disappointment if the team falls short of the NFC title game. From that point on, it's kind of a coin flip. Anything can happen, but they'll be favored regardless of who they play, of course, this round and then in the second round as well. So I think I'm with you, but I, I just had to, to make note of that lock and make sure we uh, we come back to it. That's yeah, it. it came around the 28-minute mark of the episode that is dropping on <laughs> January 11, 2023. Gotcha. For any, Noted. anyone looking for receipts. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, of course, you know, Mark, you, you had at many points have, have said the 49ers are going to be the two-seed. They became the two-seed, but we didn't exactly have the exact point to, to kind of lock that in. Yeah, oh, well. But we know you said it. Next time I I come out with a hot take like that, one that comes true, I'll have to make sure I uh, I keep track of my take so I can go back and find it. I I scoured the pod for a while trying to find when I first said it. It took me too long. I wasted too much time on a Sunday trying to figure it out, and and I couldn't, so I just gave up. But but that's the thing. I don't feel like it's a hot take to say that the 49ers should be in the NFC Conference Championship. Like it is. I'm I'm just. I I don't think it is personally. 
Um, you you going out on a limb saying they be sh- they should be the two seed when they weren't even number one in the division, I think, is a little more out on the ledge, so to speak. Yeah, no big Mark, deal. For those uh, listening, Mark is patting himself on the back. <laughs> 